Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 117, The Four Ends Tool. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach, a 16-year military wife, and a mother of six. I love working with flowers, playing games, and going to the movies, and I'm a huge fan of my husband and kids, sleeping in, and everything about food. I have created this podcast as a free resource for military wives who want to improve the experience that they are having while their service member is deployed. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Hey, you guys, I'm back. I am so sorry that I've been away for so long. Uh, I intentionally took the summer off from recording podcast episodes, but here it is October and I'm just now getting back to it, which is just fine, but uh, I'm just glad to be back and I've missed you all and thank you so much for hanging in there with me while I took a little time to slow down this summer and uh, let my business kind of go on the back burner for a bit and just enjoy my family and friends and summer and all that that entails. So funny story, I actually recorded this podcast episode yesterday and then I went on my computer this morning to edit the episode so I could publish it and it was gone and I don't know what happened. My computer did kind of act weird this morning and I restarted it and when I opened it, I still had that saved file there, but when I opened the file, there were just no audio tracks. So I don't know what happened and I was feeling pretty frustrated and working through some of those emotions, not wanting to have to do it again. But now that it's been a few hours, I've accepted what happened, accepted reality. And I am back here to record it again, knowing that for whatever reason, maybe this was always what was supposed to happen. And maybe it'll come out even better the second time. So we shall see. (laughs) So in honor of getting back to regular podcast episodes, I want to start out with a very powerful tool that I learned this summer from my life coach. I'm working with a life coach. I've talked about it a little bit here before. I'm meeting with her weekly, Lizzie Merritt. She's fantastic. She's helping me with a bunch of things that I'm working on inside myself and inside my brain and with my goals and all the things, you guys. And we are just doing such fantastic work. And I love the progress I'm seeing and how I'm feeling and oh, it's so good, you guys. Life coaches, even life coaches need life coaches. I am such a fan of this work and even more so as these past six months, I've been working weekly with my own life coach. I've been working with life coach. Jody Moore is also my life coach and I love her program and I love being coached by her or the other coaches in her program. And I do that probably like once or twice a year. So it's just kind of very sporadic and whenever the need arises or if I'm ever just in the mood to be coached or whatever. And then beyond that, I mostly just do my own self-coaching, which is fine. But we tend to have, as you all know, a blind spot to our own things going inside, going on inside our brain and the power of having someone else help you take a look at your brain and figure out what is going on and what it is you're trying to do and helping you make sense of it all is just invaluable and so powerful. And I have been having the best time with Lizzie over these last six months. So shout out to Lizzie. Anyway, she taught me this tool that I feel like works so well with the model and really helps you apply and work through your own self-coaching in any given day-to-day moment. And I call it the four ends tool. I don't actually know what it's called. And Lizzie believes that she learned it from Corinne Crabtree, who we believe is the creator of this tool. I'm not exactly sure. And I want the correct credit to go to the correct person. So if that is incorrect, I'm really sorry. 
this tool is just so amazing that I decided to not delay any further trying to find exactly who created it, but just get it in your hands so that you can start using it if it's interesting to you. So here is what the four N's stand for. Notice, normalize, neutralize, and the next thought. And the way this works is whatever it is that you're struggling with or working on or judging yourself for, or you find yourself replaying it in your head, or you're having trouble getting some leverage around something or space around something, you apply the four ends to it and you start by noticing. So you take a minute or five minutes, you know, this can be a fast tool or you can take your time with it either way. It can actually work quite quickly. Or if you have the time and energy and space and patience, you can really slow it down and take your time and learn a lot about what's going on inside your own head using this tool. So you notice just very factually, just very scientifically, very curiously. I just notice that I'm doing that thing again, that I'm thinking that way again, that for whatever reason I'm feeling angry or that I overreacted again. I noticed that this thing happened and then I had this thought and felt this way. You just are kind of stating the facts of whatever's going on. Then the very next thing you do, and this is probably my favorite step, but they're also good, is you normalize it. And this is such a loving, kind gift you can give yourself. You're basically spending a little time validating yourself, hearing yourself, having compassion for yourself. And it's so powerful. And so you say, it makes sense. It makes sense that I reacted that way. It doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mean you would choose it again. It doesn't mean that was the plan. But why does it make sense? Go about showing yourself why what you did or thought or felt makes sense. It makes sense because that was really hard. It makes sense because I was scared. And when I'm scared, here's what I tend to do, especially if I'm not managing my mind. It makes sense because I'm so tired. It makes sense because I'm stressed and overwhelmed. And so I wasn't in a position to handle that very well. Why does exactly what happened and exactly what you did, thought, felt, why does it make sense? This is just such a gift you can give yourself because what we accidentally do what we tend to do if we're not managing our mind or employing awesome tools like this is that we tend to default into disbelief of ourself or shock or surprise. I can't believe I did that. It doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? I don't even want that. I don't even like that. None of this makes sense. I can't believe I did it again. That's where we tend to go for not being careful. And that is a, a hard way to treat ourselves. And when we do that, we are not in a position to learn from what's going on or get any kind of productive growth or results from this. So start by normalizing it. Say this is a really normal way to react. The third step is neutralize. And this is another very powerful step. It's basically where you decrease the drama and the harshness and the judgment, uh, kind of whatever you're making it mean, you just neutralize it. You just make it very boring and factual. And it's basically the step where you're accepting what happened. So you're not resisting it. You're not justifying it. You're not judging it anymore. Now that you've noticed it and normalized it, now we're just neutralizing it. We're just saying, this is what is. This is what happened. This is how I show up when I feel that way. This is, you know, you just state it and you accept it. And you just let go of the, you know, seemingly painful judgment and resistance that we can feel sometimes when, when we're struggling with something. So I love that one. And then the final step is next thought. And another way I like to, this step, I have kind of like a couple of options for it, depending on what kind of scenario you're working on or what you're needing in that moment. But it, so it might be, what's the next thought I want to think like in this moment? Or it might be, what do I want to do next time? That's another way to look at it. And this is basically 
where you either come up with a new plan for how you want to show up and think and feel and behave in a, when this scenario occurs again, or if you've already done that, if you already know what you're trying to think and feel and do when this happens, then you just remind yourself of that plan and you recommit to trying that again next time. There's a couple of things I want to point out here before we move on. One thing I love about life coaching is that when you make that plan for that next thought, that next time, I want to really remind you that it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it the old way again, that you're not going to do it the way that you don't like, that doesn't serve you. And in fact, I almost guarantee that you will. And the way that I really love to teach the model is that in that moment when we're replaying that way we think and feel and show up in that moment, when it's coming out of us again, even if it's something we're trying to not do anymore, the goal isn't necessarily to stop that, but the goal, the plan, the next thought is to have a response. It's almost, it's a thought you respond with. You answer yourself. Your lower brain will, especially if it's a pattern, offer you that old thought again. And then that is your opportunity to pause that model and offer a response. And I think we often think, I'm going to never think that way again. Now that I have a new plan and I know better and I, and I know that I don't like the results that come from that thought and feeling and action of that model, I'm never going to think that way again. But the way I love to teach this work is to say, the next time you think that way, instead of just living out that model and then later judging yourself or indulging in that model, even though you know you don't like it, or feeling like you have no choice but to do that model. Instead, you'll see or hear or feel that thought come up and you'll start to play, you know, head down that road. But now the new plan is to say, I'm going to respond to this model with my new way of thinking, my next thought. And that I think is really, really helpful way to think about it. Because if we're not careful and we think we'll never think that thought again, then when we do think that thought again, we either feel like we've let ourselves down or we'd be hard on ourselves or we feel like, well, it's not working. And then we just give in to the old thoughts and the old ways. And it can, we can feel very defeated if we're, if we're not realizing like for sure that thought will just keep coming up and up and up. But now I have a response. Now I have a plan for when I think that thought. And then the other point that I want to make here, and I was just speaking with this uh, during a consult call with a new client of mine, that one thing kind of another common misconception about life coaching is it's really very little about, we, we focus very little about changing and improving, even though those are almost just natural steps that come from the work that we do. But I would say three fourths of our work is loving and accepting and understanding and being aware of who we are right now, understanding it and not lying to ourselves and not being like in unawareness and not judging ourselves and not being harsh on ourselves and not thinking we should be different and not lying to ourselves about how I can't feel better till I change this circumstance or till I stop being this way or I have no choice but to be this way. Those are all things when we're not managing our mind and we're not aware of ourselves that those that feels very true to us and then we feel stuck and then we tend to think if I could just be different then I would feel better. Like for example, if I could just lose weight, then I would feel better. But the way we teach it here with life coaching is feel better and then watch how easily you lose weight. Don't need to lose weight to feel better. Start by feeling better. And then and then you'll be in a position to easily do what you know you need to do to lose weight. It's just, oh, it's one of my favorite concepts. So this tool illustrates this perfectly because the first three steps of the four steps, you're not changing a thing you are noticing, you are normalizing, and you are neutralizing exactly what happened. And then in the very last step, if you, and you don't even have to do the last step, you could stop after neutralize and be feeling a lot better 
and be, have given all yourself those gifts of that kindness and love that we talked about, and you could just move on. But that fourth step is there, and it's available to you if you feel like you're in the right frame of mind and, and up for it, and you can just ponder, what might I do next time? What might my next thought be? In what way do I want to respond to this next time this comes up? Rather than not being aware that it happened, or then when I did become aware that it happened again, being harsh on myself. What do I want to try next time? So this is a fantastic tool and it just, like I said, goes along so well with the model and really supports the self-coaching that I hope that you are all trying to do a little bit every day. And the magic of all of that, of knowing that the focus is actually those first three things and not necessarily changing, improving, is that when you focus on those things, when you increase your awareness, increase your self-love, decrease judgment, all of those things, you will organically improve. You will feel lighter. You will feel more open and flexible. And then change is easy, which is why we don't start with the change. We don't focus on the change because it comes on its own, which is just such fantastic news to me. I love finding out like that I can work on my, you know, inner brain work subconsciously while I'm running around in my day. And then I will just organically improve in the areas that I'm working on when I clean up the way I'm thinking about it. My actions that I'm wanting to take that I know I want to take are just going to come to me more easily once I clean up what's going on in my brain. So this, this, these methods and life coaching just vibe so well with me. I love it so much. Can you tell? Can you tell? I think I've said I've, that I love this work and I love life coaching about 10 times already on this episode. I'm just on a life coaching high right now, which is a good place to be. Okay, so let's get back to the tool. I want to give you a couple of examples to see how you can apply this directly in your life. And you know I love to share with you the self-coaching that I'm always working on so that you can see that the reason that one of the reasons that I'm an expert teaching you guys all of this awesome stuff here on this podcast, partly because I am a life coach. This is my job. This is what I do. This is my work. And partly because I am applying this myself in my own life every day. I am not up here teaching you from a place of I'm cured and I don't struggle with this stuff anymore. I am up here teaching you from a place of we are all in this together because we have human brains and human brains struggle in so many ways and with very similar things, similar patterns, just different circumstances. And so we're all in this together. Okay, so the first example that I wanna share with you is one from my weight loss journey from this summer, which I am going to talk about more in an upcoming episode. I think I'm probably gonna have my coach come on here and do an episode together again. And if you haven't listened to our first episode together, just go back a few episodes and go enjoy that for sure. But uh, I wanna, now that it's been six months we've been working together, I want to talk about all the awesome things we've been doing and what I've been learning and just get some of that good information out there. So I won't spend too much time on this, but I just am going to share an example from it from this summer. So one thing that I do is I weigh myself every morning. I've talked to you guys about this before. And my weight goes up and down, just as all of ours does. Our body has lots of different reasons that the number on the scale will go up and down. And so I weigh myself every morning and then I take my weekly average and then I look at my average week over week to just increase that awareness of what I weigh and to practice not making it mean anything about me. (laughs) And uh, I love the weekly average because it then I don't ride the roller coaster quite so much during the week because I just think, oh, just one more data point to put into my spreadsheet and then I will look at this week's average and I can compare it to last week's average and... Anyway, so every once in a while, my body will jump up or jump down 
like four or five pounds from one day to the next, which is pretty unique. Normally it's just half a pound up or three fourths of a pound down or, you know, just not, not huge changes, but it kind of goes up and down a little bit day to day. But every once in a while I get these bigger jumps. And the reason I mentioned the up and the down, because they both happen, is if I'm not careful, and if I'm not managing my mind, I tend to make it mean something negative or positive about me. And it's interesting that it's just a human reaction to look at that number on the scale and think it makes me great or think it makes me terrible. And I don't want to do that and I try not to and I, I have plans and I know better and yet I'm human. And sometimes I indulge in making those numbers mean something about me personally. And it, like, and it can go both ways. So if the number is down inexplicably, then I think, oh, I'm doing such a good job. I'm amazing. And, and I also think things like, so it didn't even matter that I ate that donut off plan yesterday. See, the number went down. I could eat whatever I want. The numbers go down. I still lose weight, whatever. You know, I make, I tend to make it mean all kinds of interesting things. And then if the number is up inexplicably, then I tend to make it mean, if I'm not careful, that I'm doing a bad job, that it's not working, that even my best efforts are not making a difference. And then I, the next step amazingly for my brain and probably yours too. I've heard this story a lot is that then my brain tries to talk me out of what I'm doing to be healthier and lose weight and says like, well, if it's not working, we might as well just do whatever we want and eat whatever we want. So the interesting point of that is that the conclusion my brain wants to take me to my lower brain, let me just specify whether it goes inexplicably up or inexplicably down is go eat whatever you want. That's what my brain, my lower brain is always trying to get me to do. It wants me to think that what I'm doing is not working or that it's unnecessary. And so I might as well just go eat whatever I want. And then I have a planned response to tell my brain, it's okay, I already do eat whatever I want. I just eat foods that I know are gonna help me get to my goal. And by the way, I do put donuts on my plan sometimes and all kinds of good things. We're gonna talk about that later. But the point of this story is one day it was inexplicably up and I, for whatever reason, did not do my plan. And I indulged in making it mean some pretty frustrating and negative things about me and about my journey and about my efforts and my goals. And it made me sad. And I then not only was I frustrated and sad by my weight and what I was making it mean, then not too long after that, I moved into what we can call like a model on top of a model. And I judged myself for doing the thing that I'm trying not to do, that I know better than to do, that I have a plan to help me not do. And yet I still did it. And I'm a life coach. I know these things and I know my mind and, and I still made it mean something it doesn't mean. So it's very easy for me to move into judgment at that point. And again, I try not to. And lots of days I'm successful. But this day I was not. And that's okay. So I got coached on it, I think just the next day, the very next day. And I talked to my coach about what I noticed and the model on the model and all the things. And this is when she taught me the four ends. And she said, the first thing I want you to do is just notice how you're feeling. Notice what you were thinking. Notice how easy it is. How tempted you feel to think that way when the number does what it does on the scale, which you know it just does sometimes for probably many different reasons. And usually within the next day or so, the jump either way has corrected itself back to where I basically am at that time. So we spent some time noticing all those things, which really moves you into your higher brain and then helps you be ready for the next step, which is to normalize. So we normalized that 
when this is your goal and when this is what you're working on and when you are a human with a human brain, it can be very difficult not to make that number mean something about you. It's very tempting. It's very, very easy. It makes sense that when the number jumped up that you had a very discouraging thought about that. It makes sense. You are not alone in this. You are not crazy. You didn't do anything wrong. You just thought in a way that you're trying not to think. And then you felt what you felt from thinking that frustrating, discouraging thought. And that was your model. And we're just going to notice it. And then we're going to normalize it. It makes sense that you did it that way. You're a human and humans do this sometimes. And then the third step, we attempted to neutralize what I did in that model. And another way you can think about this neutralized step here that I didn't, that I forgot to mention earlier is that it's the part of the story where you remind yourself nothing has gone wrong. Remember that you're working to accept what did happen for what it is and decrease that judgment and, and drama around the model and the circumstances that occurred. And you remind yourself that nothing has gone wrong. You neutralize that, that scenario. And then after we did those three things, we talked about what the next thought could be. And we, uh, we spent some time remembering what my plan is when my weight jumps up or drops down. And I just solidified that for myself. And then I set a goal for myself to just try again next time. Just next time that happens, I'll just try to do the plan again. Nothing's gone wrong. It's so good. And even like a little double layer in this example is that I was able to do the four ends for that model on top of the model as well. I was able to notice that when I don't do my plan, I tend to judge myself. And I notice that and I normalize that, that it can be very tempting for me to think I know better, I should do better. And then I judge myself and that makes sense. And then I can neutralize that it's okay that I judge myself sometimes. I'm trying not to, I don't like it, but it's okay nothing's gone wrong. And then I can think my next thought for that as well is to say, when I notice that I'm indulging in something that I know is not going to help me and isn't on plan, I will be tempted to judge myself. And here's my plan to not judge myself next time, or to at least judge myself less or to decrease the chances that I will judge myself. You know, what will that next thought be? What's that plan? And it, you know, it only takes a few minutes and it puts me in a whole different place when I am reflecting on that thing that happened. And it just, like I said, it moves you into your higher brain and you just process and self-coach about that experience in such a different way from your higher brain. Everything feels different and more open and flexible and like a learning opportunity, a learning experience when you're in your higher brain, even the hard stuff. Okay, one more example and then we'll wrap this up. This is one just from a few nights ago from not my finest parenting hour. And you know, like I mentioned already, I really like to share these, I call them like in the trenches moments with you guys so that to really reaffirm to you that I am over here working and learning right alongside you. And so I share these vulnerable, personal moments that show you that I'm just a parent just like you. I'm just a wife just like you. I sometimes do it great. Sometimes I really screw it up and I try to learn from when I screw it up and forgive myself and be kind to myself and try again and ask for forgiveness from whoever I screwed it up around. So it was late and my kids, they do chores every evening, usually right after dinner, but sometimes 
because of extracurricular activities or other circumstances, the chores can be happening quite late when we are all a little tired and all a little done with our day and not our best selves. And that's where we were at in this moment. And my daughter was on dishes. Uh, we usually we do the chore for the week. We call them zones. And so they'll have that zone for the week. She'll be, she'll be on dishes all week. And then the next week she'll be on something else. And one of her siblings will be on dishes. So it was her week for dishes. And it's probably 10 p.m. And I am really anxious for everything to be buttoned up and everyone to be in their room so that I can go to bed. I'm tired. They're tired. And I had already asked her and reminded her several times, you know, stop doing what you're doing. Get in the kitchen. Do those dishes. And she was just procrastinating and delaying and finding excuses and, you know, just doing a a teenager dance that we do sometimes. And... So we were both kind of at the end of our rope. She wasn't enjoying being nagged and she didn't want to do the dishes. And I was done with the delays. So I finally get her in the kitchen. She goes up to the sink to do the dishes and she turns around to me and says, the scrubber is not like it's not in here. What am I supposed to do? And I (laughs) just that one simple sentence, I just lost it. And One thing that I've identified, I'll explain this here real quick, that this is something I actually need to get coached on so I can really understand it better and get to the bottom of it, is that I tend to get triggered. I don't love that word, but it it does feel just like an intensified reaction and pattern. Like it's almost like an intense model, right, that plays out where I tend to get triggered when I sense helplessness in my children, especially my older children. And I'm sure part of it is just that I make it mean something about me as a mother and that my goal is to raise really independent, capable, responsible, amazing children who are going to turn into capable, responsible, amazing adults. And when they act helplessly, then I get really undone and really frustrated and frustrated with them, but from a place of probably something like this must mean I haven't done my job well, which is just amazing because this is just one tired night and I'm summing up my whole job with it, but that's fine. So I'm going to, I have some homework there to, to work on that a little bit, to understand it better so that I can work on it. So anyway, what had happened was that the scrubber was at the bottom of the sink and we'd had a kind of a busy night and everyone had just dumped their dishes in the sink and there was just a pile of dirty dishes on top of the scrubber. And she was saying, well, if the scrubber's at the bottom of the sink, then how am I supposed to even do dishes? And we're definitely at that place right now where we're down to one scrubber. I feel like we usually have multiple scrubbers so that this isn't an issue, but we are down to one. So that is the only dishes scrubber available to her. And I couldn't believe (laughs) that she was hoping that I would say, oh, I guess since the scrubber's at the bottom of the sink, you just don't have to do the dishes, just go to bed. And maybe that isn't what she was thinking, but that's what I immediately assumed was that she was just trying to get out of her work and she was acting all helpless. Like, what could I possibly do? When in my mind, I'm thinking, move the dishes, find the scrubber, go into problem solving mode. Don't turn to your mother who's frustrated and tired and try to put your problem on me. And it's a very easily solvable problem. So anyway, we ended up having a bit of a fight. I definitely raised my voice and yelled and said things that some of the things I said, I stand by. And some of the things I don't, some came from overreaction and were unnecessary. And none of the way I delivered what I said, do I stand by because it wasn't my best and it wasn't her best. And it was just, it just felt pretty terrible. And I don't like it when that happens. And, but it does. And we're all human and it happens. So I left the room to cool off. She dug down and found the scrubber and was halfway through the dishes. 
And after I gathered myself up a little bit and calmed down and breathed and realized, you know, got a little space around what had happened. And I went out and I apologized for overreacting and I apologized for not being my best and for not keeping it together better. And I thanked her for doing the dishes and she, you know, she forgave me and she apologized for her part in it. And she finished up the dishes and we both went to bed. And it wasn't until the next day that I was kind of replaying it in my head and evaluating it and wondering why it went that way, especially it felt, it feels, this is a funny little trick of our brain. It feels like I went from zero to 60 and I do know better that that isn't what happened. It's like it's bubbling under the surface and then it suddenly explodes, but it kind of feels like I was not mad, not mad, not mad. And then I was so mad and like yelling and it's really just kind of what's visible to other people because I know it feels like that to other people too. It feels like that to me, but also probably felt like that to my daughter. Like I was just kind of secretly frustrated and then probably not so secretly. And then she said that thing and I I yelled and got really mad. And But it definitely is building and building and building and it's not zero to 60. So anyway, so I did the four ends on myself because when I am evaluating something and I'm confused by it and I'm regretting it and, you know, trying to figure out how to do better in the moments like that. I love the four ends when that comes up. So I just spent some time noticing that when I'm tired, I'm not my best self. And when it's the end of the night, I'm tired. And I love going to bed with a relatively clean house. Our house does not need to be like clean top to bottom, but when everybody's done their chores, our house is in really good shape. And I love that. And I crave that feeling. And I don't like going to bed until I know that my kids are upstairs and the doors are locked and the lights are off and the chores are done and dinner's put away and everything. Like I could just say, I'm tired, I'm going to bed, but I don't like that. I notice that about myself. I would rather stay up till everything's buttoned up and then I can go get in my bed and know that the day is done. And that's just something I notice about myself. And I notice that my daughter is a teenager and that she has a lot on her plate, a lot of commitments and that often chores is one of the last things that she wants to do. I also noticed that she's very good at her chores and is I, you know, I noticed that she is a hard worker usually. And I notice that we, neither of us were our best in that moment because of all the circumstances I out- outlined. So I just noticed everything that was happening around what happened. And I noticed that I, again, I don't totally understand all the reasons why, but I notice that when my children act helpless, which again is my thought about it. She wasn't even acting helpless. She was just saying something that made me think that. And when they act helpless, that I feel very triggered by that. And that's something that I want to figure out. And then I spent some time normalizing it. I normalized that it makes sense that when I'm tired and frustrated and I feel like I've asked her four times and I feel like she's ignoring me and delaying and I... I it all makes sense. It makes sense that when teenagers don't want to do their work, they're looking for any way to get out of it. But what we both did makes perfect sense. It's not what I would have preferred to have done. I, I imagine it's not what she would have preferred to have done, but it is what we did and it makes sense. And then I neutralized it. I accepted that sometimes moms yell and that even good moms yell sometimes and that sometimes I show up as my best self and it's awesome. And that sometimes even when I'm doing my best, it's not very awesome because of other things, other circumstances, stress or anxiety or overwhelm or tiredness makes my best not look that great. And that's okay. And I, and nothing has gone wrong here. And for my teenager as well, I accept what she did. I accept what I did. 
and I remind myself that nothing has gone wrong here. And then I work on what I will think, what I will try to think next time. This is the part. So what, what you may have seen that I've done here, this is a little thought I want to add on here at the end, is that you can use the four ends on something you're evaluating about yourself or something you're evaluating about other people. It can give you a ton of compassion and love and space and understanding when you do the four ends on something that someone else has said or done or communicated to you or an interaction. You know, it can be on you and on them. Now, the fourth step doesn't apply to other people, just to you, because it's definitely never our job to tell people what their next thought should be or what they should do next time. You could maybe say, here's what I hope she'll do next time, right? But we want to make sure that finger stays pointed at us. And the only reason you would do the four ends on someone else is to gain that understanding and awareness and compassion and acceptance and love for who they were in that moment and how they were showing up, especially if this is a relationship that is meaningful to you and one you're wanting to maintain. So after I was able to do the four ends on myself, I just felt like I had so much space around the issue and I was fully engaged in my higher brain and I could very easily come up with and remind myself of the things that I'm working on as a mom that I am trying to implement, that I do implement all the time. I'm doing it well a lot of the time and I'm screwing it up also maybe a lot of the time. (laughs) 50-50, man, it's all the 50-50. Anyway, it's a very powerful tool and I hope that it makes sense and that you enjoyed these examples and learning about this and I can't wait to hear from you on how it goes in trying this out in your own life and in your own models and your own self-coaching. I know that you will feel the power of it and that it will make a big difference in anything that you're working on or struggling with or trying to get some leverage around or empower yourself to do or create. And that is what I have for you today. Are you ready to take what you are learning here on this podcast to the next level? Then let's work together. I would be honored to be your life coach and help you create the life you dream about by focusing on what is always in your control, your mindset. Are you ready for everything in your life to feel different and better without needing to change any of your circumstances? Then schedule a free call with me by going to my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.